Uh, hey, everybody, we're back. It's a Sunday night again. Uh, so we'll see, yeah, Sunday, 7.30, July 3rd. I don't know exactly when you'll be hearing this, but uh, we're kind of getting trying to get some recording done. And this is part two of a story that I started last Sunday. And I say story, of course, in quotes, because uh, for me, you know, the world of story and the world of adventure, <laughs> the world of story and the world of advent- adventure are so... Uh, closely related, uh, but uh, last week what had happened was, well, let's see, just in case you missed last week, I'll try to put this as entitled summary as I can, which is <laughs> a, it's not, you know, garter belt tight. Uh, but last, last week I was talking about this iPod, uh, this old iPod I have and how at some point this iPod had become well, let's see, it's hard to say it was, well, it's definitely a ghost in the machine. So if you know what a ghost in the machine is, it means in within the machine of the iPod, there's a ghost. And depending on who you talk to, you know, if you talk to a scientist, they're going to say, oh, it's, you know, some sort of, like if you talk to a solid state scientist, they're going to blame the solid state. If you talk to an algorithmic scientist, they're going to say, well, it's a, a flux in the algorithm. And that is a professional term, flux in the algorithm. Oh, no, that was a song I wrote. Uh, or, I mean, I, I intend to write flux in the algorithm. Yeah, right after I get done writing algorithmic that I never wrote. Um, so, uh, yeah, if you talk to a paranormal person, say, well, it's an actual ghost in, in the in the the iPod. Now, don't worry. This is a friendly, I believe it's a friendly one, whether it's mechanical. Oh, yeah, it could be a mechanical malfunction. Now, I have to believe also the, the in this case, the ghost is based on Carol King, uh, the great songstress, uh, which adds a tiny bit of a wrinkle depending on your version, what, what you believe a ghost is, because Carol King is still with us. Uh, so, you know, you know, it leaves it open to a lot of interpretation, but what I guess what I'm saying is I have an iPod, an old iPod, and it's possessed by some sort of, uh, you know, this is be my spin on it again, you know, let the Swedes, you know, I, I have, it has been sent over there. So the Belgians, the Swedes, you know, the Norwegians, the Swiss, they're all going to have a look at it and they'll all, you know, put in their two cents. It is, is, is even scheduled for a stopover in Iceland. And I think even Dusseldorf, I think, I, I'm not sure if that's where all the weights and the measures are. You know, words gotten around about this thing. You know, they did send out about 5,000 press releases. Uh, just to European ones, I figured, I would, you know, in America, they, they've stopped, you know, they've blocked me. But I said, well, let me give one more shot there. Northern Europe. Uh, but I guess I, before they're all they rule, you know, before, you know, it just, it's must be at the top, at the top of all of their to-do lists. Uh, but I have to believe that, that, that there's something mystical going on with this iPod and Carol King, uh, because it, and, and here's why it, it, it led me on a journey that we started last week. Uh, what had happened was I was walking and I was uh, stressed about the podcast and figuring out stuff about the podcast. And he said, well, l- let me uh, see if this, because I've had this, this ghost of the machine issue for a little while. 
but it hadn't led me on any adventures yet. And, you know, everybody says, you know, geez, you got to find some faith in something. And I said, well, why not take faith in some sort of uh, a dysfunctional consumer product? You know, what what could be more American than that? You know, with the 4th of July coming up, I said, I said, I better practice, you know. But so I said, I said, geez, I'm having trouble here. I'm stressed. I better go for a walk. Actually, maybe I was placing my faith in the act of walking then. Uh, but then this, I saw, the, having to be walking down the street, I saw these this cat and a bobcat, what I believe is a bobcat, uh, on the porch. And the bobcat was groaning. And normally I just mind my own business, you know, maybe look at the bobcat, maybe take its picture. But it was groaning. And at some point the iPod became sentient and the Carol King started sending me messages through the iPod via songs. She was shuffling. Again, these are my words. Uh, they happen to, I mean, they happen to co- co- correspond with the events of this adventure. But, you know, the, the song titles led in the music led me to take this bobcat and attempt to, it was going, and I took off my shirt, wrapped it in my shirt, and I headed out to try to say, uh, well, you sometimes, a lot of times I start, if you listen to Spikey, you know, sometimes I, say, I do stuff without thinking. Uh, and sometimes it's good intention. I said, well, let me not mind my own business here and scoop up this bobcat since it's groaning. And I know nothing about bobcats, very little. But it, well, here's what, something that's interesting I didn't think about. I'm allergic to cats, not bobcats, so that's good. Uh, but So I took the bobcat out, uh, and I headed out to try to find it like a place where it could get degroaned because I asked it, do you have a hairball? It said, meh. So I was out on the thing. Then I ran into a woman named Simone, who I just I did develop a crush for, but she was in a relationship, unfortunately. And Carol King, led, then I thought Simone was going to help me take this bobcat to the zoo. I guess I should have, you know. Also, when I was looking for help, I was just kind of yelling about Carol King messaging me via an iPod. And then this woman pulled up in a car. And for some reason, I guess because I'm, uh, what is that called? When you're you know, like a little, you think like a little kid, naive. I didn't suspect. I thought she was there on behalf of Carol King to help me with this uh, bobcat. So then we drove to this uh, mount up a mountain. And that's when Simone broke it to me that she was trying to get into the mountain. This was her bobcat, and her sister was a zoo dictator. There was a zoo in the mountain. I guess I was still committed. I guess that's where it got hazy because she said she had been locked out or she was a prisoner there. I just wanted to help the groaning bobcat. I mean, when you hear a bobcat groan like that, I guess it doesn't pull on your heartstrings. I guess, but it was a, in the tradi- traditional sense, it was a call to adventure. And oh, what an adventure we had. Because uh, no sooner did we gain access to this mountain on the inside, but it, I realized that it was a giant zoo. Well, I didn't see the zoo part. I just saw the caged part. So this must have been behind the scenes. Her sister, she, Simone said her sister was a zoo dictator, her lover. She was French, so that's how they, like, don't, you know, no knee-jerking. That's how they, like, that's how she referred, Patrice uh, was a vet, and he would take care of the bobcat. But I think the bobcat, it may have even been a normal cat, I, but I would have been sneezing, or at least my eyes would have been watering. 
um, but that it needed to be fed. But then I was hit by a dart and then I was caged with all the other animals. And Simone and Patrice kind of said, well, that's it. Like, uh, and that's where we left off. There I am uh, trapped. And oh, I also, just in case anybody doesn't listen to the podcast, uh, you could say like I have a primordial uh, resistance to zoos or something like, uh, when I see caged animals, it doesn't bother me politically. I mean, probably on some level it does, and it doesn't bother me morally. It's funny that it rhymes, but primordially it does bother me. I say, hmm, something about this that reminds me. And I said, probably I was in a zoo at some point. And go ahead, get get your laughs out. That probably, yeah, at some point in the future I'll be in the zoo. But that'll be on, like, Planet KT 4562. And I'll just be doing this podcast maybe 24 hours a day, you know, as they feed me through some sort of, you know, they say, okay, if he can keep this up, you know, then the food drops through the slot as long as he keeps being boring. You hear, you know, definitely don't do that. If anyone's in another universe is listening into this podcast, please don't. I'd rather, um, you know, could you just use some sort of pleasure-based system instead of just food-based if you're going to zoo me? You know, say, you know, then, you know, say, well, we'll, we'll let you go, you know, next door to for coupling or something. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so, so just, let's just start where I was. There it was, I was in this cage. I'd fallen asleep because they had darted me again with, uh, you know, veterinarian style zoo darts. Also, after I'd woken up, I was always, you know, I watch way, you know, as a youth and as an adult, I've watched way too much fictional television and cartoons. And the veterinarian dart is such a uh, a thing that, it, you know, they had left it in there with me. So then I had to, like, really check it out because uh, I guess I've lived my whole life without ever having touched one of those things. And so I, like, uh, so that did put me back to sleep because I touched the tip again. And not for very long, but, I, you know, I wanted to look at, geez, was it a piece of cloth on the bottom or a feather or a poofy thing? And, you know, what was a tube? And I tried, I unscrewed it and, and, uh, yeah. And then I like looked at it's just, you know, I was fascinated. And then I guess they were observing me, uh, Simone and Patrice. And they, they'd been watching me and they said, he'll make the perfect candidate. And then I dropped and I said, the candidate for, for what? I said, was this all ruse? Was I let, I thought I was here to, I said, where's Bob the Bobcat? And then, uh, you know, they just laughed. And I said, where's your sister? I thought she was the dictator of this zoo. And I said, is this like the the holding area? And I said, what did you mean I'm the perfect? And then the iPod in my pocket word. And it clicked. And then it word and it clicked. I said, oh, no, please not a hard drive failure because I can't, you know, I'm not good on my own making decisions. And I closed my eyes and, and I couldn't, you know, unfortunately, I couldn't picture Carol King in my mind because I don't know what she looks like. And just don't tell her this, but I pictured Carol Kane in my mind. And I said, I closed my eyes and I said, and I, but of course I said, Carol King, please help me, you know. And then it kicked on a Christmas song. I think, I don't know if there's Billy Bing Crosby. And I said, well, that's, and I said, okay. And then I said, I went up to uh, Simone and I said, you know, chestnuts roasting and an open fire Sandman nipping at your nose 
And then she said, Jack Frost, like right when I touched her. And I said, is Jack Frost a French, uh, what do you call Jack Frost? I I said, don't you guys have Papa Noel over there in France? And she said, how do you know about Papa Noel? And I said, I I don't know. I just, uh, I just thinking though, I hope Papa Noel doesn't, does Papa Noel keep track of who's naughty and who's nice? Because, oh boy, uh. You know, capturing a man trying to, you know, you know, go for a walk and then instructed by a mystical iPod inhabited by Carol King to help a groaning bobcat, you know, putting him in a cage and then, you know, talking mysteriously about him. I don't think Papa Noel's going to like that. And then she whispered something to Patrice. And, 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 I, and then Patrice, they're whispering back and forth. So I said, okay, I got to keep it. And I said, man. I said, well, Papa Noel, uh, you know, hopefully if I've spoken your name aloud, you know, and I said, maybe it's like, basic. and I, I guess I started mixing up all of my legends. So I started, I closed my eyes. I started spinning in circles or turning in circles. And then like Beetlejuice, I said, Papa Noel, Papa Noel. Then I looked in a mirror and, and, and it was like a shiny wall. And then I did that, Papa Noel. Pop, and then they said, "What are you doing?" And they they said, uh, they, I, "They I said I'm just making sure Papa Noel, you know, is keeping an eye on this." And they said, "There's no such thing as Papa Noel." And I said, "I guess uh, that's fine if you're willing to take the risk." I said, "Because I don't know what he brings." I said, "Does he bring you coal, or uh, uh, sour wine and baguettes?" Uh, and then my iPod word and played again, and Ghost by Apollo's Sunshine came up. And I said, what are you trying to tell me, Carol King? And I said, oh, boy. And I said, well, geez, I said, why don't you tell me uh, what you're going to do with me? What, what did you need me to do anyway? Because uh, I said, did you tell him about the uh, ghost in my iPod? And she said something about me being mad, you know. And she said, he thinks... The Carol King is in his iPod. And I said, Simone, no, 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 no. I don't think anything. And I said, don't you use a je ne sais quoi? Doesn't that mean, is that what means the spirit of things? Uh, the essence of things, the goodness, uh, the pure goodness of Carol King is within my iPod instructing me. And following it uh, led me here to... Uh, I guess try to help, and and now I'm, and then I looked around again. I saw all these animals in these high tech cages. They didn't look miserable, but again, on a primordial level, I said, uh, uh, I guess I said like a movie. I said this shall not stand, and I said I don't know if Patrice. I said between Papa Noel and Carol King, I said you two got some big decisions to make because I I know you might think you have the upper hand. Uh, because I'm in a cage, and I'm the kind of person that gets distracted by a veterinarian dart for 45 minutes. Uh, but I have perfect faith I'm here for a reason. And they said, you are here for a reason. And they said, you're the last specimen to go on display. And I said, I said oh, I said, is this like a zoo for, for outer space? I, I thought this was a zoo for rich people. I said, is this a giant mountain? Uh, based rocket ship i said are you, are you launching all of us into outer space like uh i said papa noel and carol king are not going to be happy about that uh 
and then the iPod word and it clicked again and uh, Beach Boys came up. I've been waiting for the day or I'm waiting for the day. Again, this is not an iPhone display, so it's not easy. For, you know, I don't have Total Recall songs and I only had one earbud in. So, just you know, you can't blame me. I said, that's fine. You're going to launch me and the, all these animals in space. I've been, I said, I've been waiting for the day to be launched in space, as a matter of fact. And, you know, couldn't afford space camp, so that was out. Always fantasized on going on that plane. But I said, geez, you only get one second of zero gravity? What a ripoff. And, you know, many times I've dreamed about being launched into space. And, and believe it or not, many you're not the first uh, set of... Uh, I said, so are you two, you're just... Uh, I said, what are you guys, like, so your sister's really the mastermind behind all this. So you two, like, you'll just win Carol King and and, and uh, whoever that is, Papa Noel decide. You'll catch the blame. I said, are you getting, like, what are you guys getting paid in, alien money or uh, treasure behind the wild streams? And their eyes didn't give me an answer. And so then I said, okay, let's, I said, if, you know, cause those are usually the kind of things that give me an answer, you know, to, to try to pit them, you know, I was trying every strategy I'd learned from cartoons to be honest with you. And I said, well, that's fine. Cause you know, like I said, I've been waiting for the day to be launched into space, make friends with aliens. Uh, cause a lot of people have you know, also said that I'm like an alien or, you know, that my behavior's alien, you know, or I, you know, many, so I said, that'll be fine. And I said, you know, since I have a primordial problem with zoos, I don't know, maybe me and all these animals. I said, well, I'd be weightless at all. Uh, sorry, just before I get to my plan, will I be weightless uh, at all? And they got them confused. And uh, and then they said, yeah, I guess we will. And I said, great. I said, well, it'll be worth it then. And then I'll, when I return, now... I'm, I'm, I'm presuming Papa Noel will be rescuing me, but I'm not sure if Papa Noel has a sleigh. One, I'm not so super familiar. Two, if sleighs, could, you know, if it's a, if it's got a oxygen bubble, so that Papa Noel could get me after I get my Christmas gift early of true weightlessness, or if Papa Noel just wait till I get with these which are these good aliens, and then they. Then in the, there was a reaction in their face. They said, okay, we're on to something, Carol King, I, but I still need your help, please. And that's when Ryan Adams' song, My Love for You is Real, came up. And, you know, because I, I had a crush on Simone, and usually pure evil people, I don't get crushes. Well, Cersei, hmm. So I guess, well, some of those, uh, probably had some as a child with some of those, uh, Disney Queens. Okay, so strike that. But it, it, it sensed, you know, that uh, Simone wasn't pure evil. Patrice, I mean, who, who, what kind of a person decides to become a veterinarian? And so I said, and then that my love for you is real. And then I said, well, actually, look, I said, before you, before I get, I said, what's the ETA, what's our countdown? Well, I said, that's another thing I'd be excited to hear the countdown over the loudspeakers. Is there, are they going to do that? And I said, also, will I get a helmet uh, in a patch? I'd like, you know, a launch patch. So in case I come back to Earth, I can prove it to people. And also, and I said, what about Bob? I said, is Bob coming to space? Because I'd like to say goodbye to Bob the Bobcat since that's, uh, 
They said, are you sure I'm the best candidate for, uh, they said, and they, they said, uh, and I said, can I just say goodbye to Bob? I think Bob liked me. And I said, what's wrong with Bob anyway? Cause I really, before I get launched into space, uh, with all these other animals and I noticed, and I don't want to brag here, uh, but I will. Uh, and I think this might be another thing where you start talk about primordial, the primordial ooze pumping through my veins. All the other animals, animals like me for the most part, unless, you know, unless it's a mutual dislike. And then they say, okay, well, I just don't like you. You don't like me. But for the most part, uh, we, we, you know, animals like me. So all the animals had been paying very close attention to me. And I'm sure they heard my real compassion and empathy for Bob the Bobcat. Uh, so I started to feel more and more secure, you know, because I felt the animals watching me. And I felt like my voice was comforting them and maybe my the confidence I was trying. I mean, because I was curious. I said, geez, like normally, unfortunately, like in day-to-day life, like just going and sitting down p- paying bills, I lose my sense of adventure. Uh, but you, you know, you, you lock me inside of a mountain and, and threaten to launch me into space. I'm like, I don't know. That's when I'm able to adapt. And I said, listen, I'll be straight with you. Go ahead and launch me into space. But, but my love for Bob the Bobcat's real. I just want to know before you do, you know, what, what's going on with Bob. And if Bob's okay, I'd like to say goodbye. Just pat, just like pat Bob's head. And then she said, Prochis, go get Bob. And I said, also, Simone, I don't know if this will change things because I, I guess this is a win-win situation for me. I get launched into space and I'm weightless or I do have a crush on you. I should be honest. I mean, it's, it's, it's on, you know, it's on hold now because I'd rather stand Papa Noel's good list. And Patrice, you know, he, he looks pretty, you know, I'm not a vet, so I don't have that uh, income or I don't have that going for me. I said if I was wearing uh, any kind of lab coat, it would be, you know, a store-bought one. So it wouldn't be, uh, wouldn't have the inlay of my name. And if I put Dr., you know, unless it was Dr. Goofball, it wouldn't. And then she smiled. And I said, it's fine. You, you know, don't worry about that. I'll be weightless soon. And I said, so is this all, is some of this about Bob? And she said, it is about Bob a little bit. And this, this is like terribly, but she told me this long story. And then Patrice came about how they rescued Bob the Bobcat. Uh, they'd found Bob in a crater of all places, you know, after a meteorite strike. And then they'd gone and taken Bob in. And they'd nursed Bob back to health. And then, you know, the, this this company came, you know, outer space representatives came and they said, listen, we need that, that we're, we're delivering, believe it or not, that we delivered that uh, Bobcat to the wrong planet. You know, it's scheduled to go to KQ-12 or something. And they said, well, this is, our, and, and she said, that that's when my sister was living with me. And she said, you know, she's, she was uh, planning you know, this is a secret luxury zoo. She had invested, she, she had a startup and she, you know, she cashed out. She invested all her money in a mountain stronghold where she was dealing in luxury zoo animals. And she was listening in and we told the alien to, you know, the, the alien to leave. You know, we we're also in shock that we had been visited by an alien and the alien said they would be, you know, the customer would probably be back. 
because this was very rare. And I said, you know, I'll talk to my manager. And she said, she said, and then her sister said, you know, oh, she's, we'll have an alien bobcat. And then they said, well, how are we going to know that Bob's, it looks like a normal bobcat, just a greenish, you know, greenish tinge to Bob's coat. Now I had Bob wrapped in my jacket or shirt, so I didn't really notice. And I said, well, how do you know Bob? And then she said, well, Bob, shoot, when Bob's feeling healthy, he shoots lasers out of his eyes. And they said, like, dangerous ones? And she said, no, 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 delightfully, you know, delightful lasers. It's a laser cat. And I said, I think that was He-Man's cat, too. Laser cat, maybe. I said, I'd like to go by laser cat if I could. And then she said, Bob got sick. And then, you know, it was a whole thing with her sister wanting to co-opt Bob. And then, like, you know, family stuff. Oh, boy. You know, that that's not suited for this podcast. But she was even saying, oh, boy, my sister. You know, she knows how to push all my buttons. So we gave in to her. Then the aliens came and they said, fine. Like, uh, you know, and they looked at the zoo and they said, and then they made a deal with the sister. They said, you can, you two can keep Bob. We'll deliver more space bobcats here in exchange for all these zoo animals plus one human. And then, like, while I was talking, you want to talk about being on the right path, the Bob Marley song Chatterbox came on. So I said, okay, keep talking, Scoots. Your, your Carol King is actually, you know, encouraging you. So then, but then I said, okay, so so you're keeping Bob. So I said, Bob's sick? And they said, yeah, but that was the thing. They said, we'll bring Bob a special, like, some, you know, she thought it was plutonium-like, but not plutonium that Bob needed because Bob's lasers weren't working, obviously. Otherwise, Bob would have done some cool laser stuff. But, yeah, she says, so her sister made a deal to exchange all the animals within the mountain. The aliens gave it, you know, they had technology to launch the inside of a mountain. Clearly, we don't. I mean, it's a freaking, you can't, you, you got to go up in that C-130 to be weightless for four seconds. And I, you can't even do that. And so it's your typical exchange, like zoo exchange, but not like under the approval of any zoo boards, not with the animal's permission. And also I was included in the package. And so then I kept talking and, and then I looked again, I started to lock eyes with the animals. And then another song came up that I didn't recognize right away. said, so Don't You See It by Chris Mars. And I said, see what, Carol King? And so I think I was talking about something inane, like lasers. They said, well, geez, whatever happened to laser, you know, just like the podcast, but this was in real life, in in, in, in middle of an adventure. I said, did 3D kill laser light shows, or was it the, you know, professionalization of, uh, you know, planetariums? And I said, there's some nice professional professionalization of planetariums. And I said, the strangest thing is my brother is a planetarium professional. He makes movies for planetariums. And I said, imagine that, and then I'll be weightless soon with all these animals. And I said, what am I supposed to be seeing? What am I supposed to be seeing? And I still didn't see anything. So I said, well, I'll just keep my, I guess I'll keep my eyes open, which is what it's going to happen. But I said, try to, try to stay observant, Scoots. And I said, well, Bob, it was great to meet you. I kissed Bob's head. They said, sorry, I won't get to see your lasers, but at least I'll be weightless. Uh, 
I said, will the cages unlock when we reach outer space so that I can, I said, are they, I said, We're, is this ship going to be on autopilot? And Simone said, yes. So, you know, it's, uh, you know, outer space freight company, obviously they know what they're doing. And I said, isn't that what they always say with this autopilot stuff? And I said, is this like when I was caged? I said, I don't like zoos, so I'm going to be in a zoo for forever. And then I could tell they didn't, they weren't entirely comfortable with that. But I, they said, well, and Bob, you know, snuggled in closer and that locked it up. You know, they don't know me. You know, they and Bob has laser eyes, which I don't have. And I said, Simone, it's been a pleasure. You know, that was like a great, uh, when we were driving in the car, I thought I was in love with you. Well, I guess that's a little strong, but, uh, Patrice, congratulations on, uh, you know, being a vet, uh, I guess probably, they said, when, I hope Papa Noel doesn't have any contacts. You'll probably lose your bo- license and board here. And he said, I hadn't thought about that. And I said, well, maybe, I mean, maybe you could, I don't know what you could do to get on, especially as a vet. I said, because if, do you think Papa Noel, you know, would weigh that? I think he probably would weigh that heavier, the fact that you're a vet. And you're sending all these innocent animals. And then the sister came, of course. And she said, where's the fool? And I said, right here, madame, right here, ready ready, to, ready for weightlessness. I said, I was asking them. They didn't know. I said, oh, pleasure to meet you, by the way. I said, I, you know, you don't have to. I said, you could just refer to me. I said, do I have a cage number? And she said, your cage number is zero. And I said, what, do you listen to my podcast? And she said, no. And then K- Carol King kicked on the NWA bonus track, bonus beats. And I said, I'm supposed to be looking for something, bonus beats. And then uh, I, I just started tapping and, and I started tapping on the, 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 like the bars. And she said, she said, he'll do, he'll do fine. And I said, that's right. I'm going to give, believe me, you're going to get your money's worth. Uh, I said, and I said, I don't want to know about it. I, I said, do you believe in Papa Noel? And she, and I said, we, you know, I said, as the villain, we haven't really spent a lot of time with you. And she said, I'm no villain. I'm a visionary. And I said, that's, that's what they all say. And I said, okay. I said, especially when Papa Noel comes with the coal. I said, I think that happened in like four or five chapters, The Tale of Two Cities and Les Mis, the two, you know, French novels I'm most familiar with. When Papa Noel came to visit all the people that got, they said, why are you doing this to me, Papa Noel? I'm a visionary. And I said, I I do feel a bit like Jean Valjean right now, except that I'll be weightless. So, um, and she said, do you ever be quiet? And I said, well... I said, I said, well, when you guys got me with that dart, I was pretty quiet. And I said, well, I still don't know what bonus beats are. And then I, I, I heard, I saw like a, like a, I saw a corner of my eye, like a, it looked like a lion yawning. And then I saw a couple more animals start to yawn. And like, you know, the sympathetic yawn. And I said, okay, bonus beats. And then I started, I said, okay, well, I, I said, when's the launch? How, how long to launch? She said, she said, any moment now, you know, we just, she's like, I just wanted to see you with my own eyes. And I said, well, here they are. And I said, I said, do you mind if I, I beatbox for terribly for comfort? And she said, what? And I said, actually, I don't really beatbox. 
but I started beatboxing, which I know I can't do here, and I don't do a good job. But as I started doing it, like, all the animals were watching me. And, you know, it, it's kind of wild, which is why I wouldn't do it on a sleep podcast. But some of the mammalian animals, they started doing, like, different, you know, what was called raspberry sounds. And they were following my lead. And it started, you know, this is like a whole chamber, you know, multi-levels. We're talking 30 tiers, you know, like, just like in a sci-fi movie, circular. We're in the side of a mountain, right? One of those triangular mountains. So we're talking about a central rounded chamber, circular with uh, cells. I guess I'm in cell zero. Uh, and so it goes all the way up to, to the top. And all those animals start doing some form of like uh, whatever is one step below amateur beatboxing. Where a beatboxer would say, you're not make, you're not beatboxing. And I'd say, no, no, I'm trying to beatbox. So like, uh, I'm, you know, beatbox, BB. IT, beatboxer in training. And the noise started to get very loud. And I, they, they said, they said, then the, my iPod kicked on Road to Nowhere by talking heads. And so I said, Road to Nowhere. I said, What do you want me to And I said, Oh, and then I said, Okay, this is uh, perfect. And then again, I made eye contact with uh, the, uh, the animals. And it was really, really loud. I mean, imagine. Uh, Thousands of animals trying to beatbox with a person that doesn't know how to beatbox. Sympathetic beatboxing. There's another autobiography. Somebody write that down. The sympathetic beatboxer. I think that's just people. That'd be the best best friend ever. Well, who's your best friend? The sympathetic beatboxer. Actually, if anybody wants, if anybody's a therapist, yeah, sympathetic beatbox therapy. What kind of therapy do you pray? Well, it's SBT, sympathetic beatbox therapy. It's a new form. And, you know, pseudoscience uh, for sure. But anyway, in this case, uh, the beatboxing was not, it was sympathetic, but not to the ears. And then I pretended, uh, you know, because Carol King was planning ideas in my mind, not due to my own, uh, you know, not my own brilliance. I pretended I was hearing something above the beatboxing or beyond the beatboxing. And then I started to make a motion like the, I said, oh, and then I said, five, four, three. And of course, the dictator woman, whose name I still never caught, uh, she she looked at me at first like I was losing. And then I said, one, and then I started shaking my cell bars and then all the animals, especially the primates, of course, uh, with all the other animals, they started doing, I guess, sympathetic acting. And, you know, I was pretending I was being thrown about my cage. And, it, and, it, and once all the animals started moving, the whole room started shaking. So then, like, they, they got this panicked look on their face. And all the animals were still shaking. Now, unfortunately, that ruse lasted for about all of four seconds. Uh, uh, because, you, you know, th- these people were reasonably intelligent. Uh, but also, like, it also, the animals were still shaking. I was still shaking. And then the building started, you know, I mean, once you, you can't really double retrofit a mountain. Here's some free advice. Like, uh, if you're going to carve out the inside of a mountain for some sort of futuristic zoo or something, that's one thing. But then if you're going to have a bunch of aliens come in and retrofit the futuristic zoo with ratchet, rocket ships type stuff, 
it definitely affects the structural integrity of the mountain. Yeah, because it's supposed to be launched into space. You know, it's it's totally different. Uh, totally different kind of engine. I mean, ask any engineer. I mean, don't you know? Don't take my word for it. Uh, but the thousands of animals shaking uh, made it started to make the mountain in the spaceship. Uh, it's meant it's not meant for uh, it's meant for vertical movement. And you know, lower. You know, anyway, again, talk to the, talk to the scientists about that. Uh, but then you know, they said the mountain started to come apart. And they were all panicking. And then I told Dan, I said, stop, 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 stop. Uh, you know, because I want, obviously, I, I mean, you know, I don't want to affect the poor animals. And then the, the dictator was yelling at me. And I could see the uh, the family lineage there. Because then Simone was just standing holding Bob the Bobcat with Patrice behind her. You know, kind of reliving some sort of family issue. Meanwhile, me and all these poor animals are stuck in this family drama. I mean, who even knows how the, the, the you know, with aliens and the lasers work into it. Uh, but I, then Neil Diamond's solitary man came on, and she was yelling at me that I probably structurally, you know, damaged the rocket structurally. And she just seemed, you know, I blew her plans up, you know, totally. And I said, well, I'm sure the aliens will, you know, re-retrofit the mountain you know because there was like holes you could see obviously we weren't going into space and i said think about how i feel i was finally going to be weightless you know i couldn't go to space camp were you recording that part when i was uh, telling you that and she was really mad and and then you know i said well i said you just i said that's fine like uh they said, all I wanted to do was help a bobcat. And then I said, this is the, the path. I said, there's still a chance uh, to turn all this around for Pop, you and Papa Noel. Even if you don't uh, believe in Papa Noel, you know, and she's, you know, obviously she was saying she was going to, she said, I think she, she was saying she was going to leave me solitary in the cell. I said, forever. And I said, you're going to let all the animals free, right? And she said, no, no, the alien. She said, yeah, I'm still going to get. Wait for, and then she said, I don't know what I'm going to do. And she was really, and I said, whoa. I said, holy cow. I said, why don't you try to set, I said, well, you can't really set these animals. I said, you really, I said, maybe we should get a hold of Papa Noel because that would be the best person to return all these animals to the rightful owners or their natural habitats or a place, you know, they could accommodate them and in something like their natural habitat, you know, with good conscience. And then all three of them gave me a blank look, which I knew, uh, I knew at that point, you know, they were all, they had crossed over, you know, they had gone too far and they had no intention of returning these animals, uh, you know, to any of those like places. So I said, oh boy, I said, you know, I said, hey, Carol King, how about a little help here? And then Hey Jude came on the Beatles song. And I said, well, geez, I guess it's time to make a, take a sad song and make it better. And I looked at Bob, the Bobcat, and I wondered, uh, you know, and I said, you know, but she said, I don't think people, you know, people don't get lasers in their eyes just for light shows. And so I started singing, hey, Bob, we need your lasers. We need your lasers from your eyes, Bob. Just remember look inside of your bobcat heart and soon you'll begin uh, to laser us all out 
all out, all out. And then I started singing Bob, 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 Bob. Hey, Bob, laser us. Come on, Bob, laser. And then Bob, I said, Bob, remember this whole tale started with me and Carol King here to rescue you, to rescue all these other creatures. And maybe it's just, maybe it's too late to rescue your three's Christmas. And then Bob, just like that, I mean, it took a lot more singing, like really not sleep podcasty level. And then all the other animals, you know, in harmony, well, I'd say harmony, would that be an extreme, a horrible version of harmony, you know, singing and howling along with me singing, Hey, Bob, uh, laser us out, out, out. You know, can you hear, you can probably hear the howling. It was beautiful for me, and it touched Bob's heart because we said, you know, deep in your heart or whatever, you've got some lasers, uh, lasers, lasers. Come on, Bob. And then Bob started to laser. Uh, lasers shot out of Bob's eyes, and not the kind for a light show, but they were obviously laser lights. And soon, you know, locks started to melt. And I said, well, actually, Bob, just let me, hold on, Bob. That's what I said. With your late, I was still singing. And then the lasers also, they blinded the other three. I guess that was a little bit of a miracle because I wasn't blinded. But then I said, you know, maybe because I was singing, probably that's why. Or Bob knew. My cell was lasered. And I opened the cell door. And right as the mice door opened, they were still like blinded. And plus, like, you know, when you're holding a bobcat lasering stuff. And I scooped Bob in, in my arms because it's just free, you know, that they'd kind of just been stunned by the turn of events and probably the singing and the howling, the beatboxing, the fake launching. Carol King wasn't done because in the national anthem by a radio had kicked on on my iPod. And I say, held Bob, and I said, well, geez, this is weird because it's the 3rd of July. And I said, Carol King. And I said, don't make me have Bob Lazer, you three. Hands up, you know. You're, I said, on, on behalf of, uh, I said, uh, and I said, the only thing that can help us now is like a combination of, uh, like, uh, I said, Roberta Claus, uh, the, the woman that replaced Santa Claus, and Papa Noel. And I kid you not, uh, through through the uh, the holes in the ceiling, my beatboxing and fake rocket, I could I started to hear, you know, chink chinkity, chink chink chinkity, chink doom 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 doom. You know the uh, the bells, and I said that's exactly who you know will be able to help me redistribute uh, these animals to the proper homes. And then uh, I can't really you know this is an NDA thing. You can't really talk about Papa Noel and Roberta Claus and you know, how the, that business is conducted, especially in non-holiday season, non-holiday, non-disclosure agreement. Uh, but I will tell you this, all the animals were redistributed. Uh, and what better way uh, than, like, uh, through a highly, you know, see, geez, and I said, you know, to Papa Noel and Roberta Claus, or, you know, if they can't disclose that fact, they said, how come we're not venturing to venturing to get? And they said, uh, do you have any idea? You know, he said, geez, this is for Carol King. We, we want to get tickets to her. And I said, you can't, can't get tickets. I said, can you get tickets to Hamilton? And then they laughed at me.
And I said, I know a concierge that may be able to, uh, I said, I said, uh, I said, anyway, they said, thank you. And then they like redistributed all the animals uh, to the proper or most suiting place. And I said to Papa Noel, I said, these three are French. He said, I think, well, I said, are you, he said, uh, I said, anyway, it doesn't matter. And I said, what about this laser cat? And Bob gave me a look like uh, Bob wanted to come live with me. But I said, Bob, listen. And then right then, the parcel person from the outer space thing, you know, he came. And then I said, he said, which he's, you know, and I said, yeah, that launch got screwed up. And he said, you know, we do, we do. and I said, well, Bob's lasers got turned on. And I said, the only thing I think of beat, me beatboxing or singing, hey, Bob, but we'll keep the lasers off. I said, I could sing, hey, uh, Bob, keep your lasers off. I said, while you deliver Bob, I said, if you can take me to space and back. And this was really just a trick so I could experience weightlessness. Uh, now, meanwhile, uh, I, I guess this was in Canada. I had no idea. But uh, Papa Noel and Roberta Claus had alerted the Mounties who showed up. Like, right as I was boarding this uh, spaceship with Bob singing, hey, you know, hey, Bob, don't shoot your lasers. And the Mounties, you know, took those three into custody. And it, I think they were like, the, they said, this is a total violation of the right, rights of this mountain. Uh, so that's like a big deal up there. They, You know, that's your toast, basically. When the Mounties kept you messing with the mountain, mountain rights violations. And I said, oh, they're French-Canadian. Makes them, And I said, well, and I said, au revoir. And then, you know, I, again, another non-disclosure agreement I, I signed with. Uh, I did experience weightlessness. Bob did get returned to Bob's uh, proper planet. Because uh, it turns out even in some of these space planets, because I told the delivery guy, I said, uh, I asked him if you, you know, I said, do you know what Papa Noel is? No. Santa Claus? No. Roberta Claus? And then he said that was leaked over the airwaves there. They thought it was actual news, my, my podcast. <laughs> you know, talk about an ego boost. Aliens to listen to this podcast. So then I said, well, can we, let's not deliver Bob. Let's deliver Bob to where Bob belongs. So then, and then I got weightlessness in like two different orbits, you know, and then a third one on the way back to Earth. And maybe, I guess, the whole time, but I had to go, you know, I had to go into some cryo sleep for a little while. So that was cool. I got cryo sleep. Uh, I guess I missed out on the, like, whatever, when you go really fast, how they, and I didn't pay attention for any of the technology stuff. Yeah, I mean, I guess I, I keep my adventures to Earth, and then I was returned to Earth to tell you the tale and express my appreciation on behalf of the animals of the world and the universe, uh, for, for the real savior, Carol King. Uh, so that's the end of that tale. Uh, good night, everybody.